Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur video and audio podcast. I get asked a lot, when should I keep going? And when should I give up? That's a wise question to ask because there's a lot of sort of hustle and grind advice. Keep going, keep going, never give up. That's actually quite um, one-sided and sometimes bad advice because in certain business models or decisions you've made, a wise thing to do is to give up, let it go, move on, take it as experience. There's no point flogging a dead horse. So I've got 11 tips, suggestions for you to think about if you're in the position where you're doing a business, a hobby, a passion, a profession, you're doing a relationship, a partnership, and you're thinking, do I keep going? You know, am I really close to making it big or am I flogging a dead horse? Should I give up? So point one is you probably have a natural bias. So look at your history. Do you have a history of starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping, starting, stopping, which many business opportunity seekers do? Or do you have a habit of being stubborn and persistent and maybe even sometimes ignorant? And so you just won't give up and it's almost pride and ego. So what first off, what's your bias? Look back through your past. So I've got experiences of both. Now, my my bias tends to be I'm never giving up. I'm going to prove the world. I'm going to do this thing that I don't need to do that, you know, that's not getting me anywhere, but pride keeps me doing it. So that tends to be my bias. So I have to look at that. So, for example, I went to university to do a degree in architecture. I only chose it because I could draw and paint. I wasn't really interested in doing architecture. A week in, I was like, well, after my freshest week, when I got hammered for a week, I, went, I missed a couple of lectures, I went to a couple of lectures, and I'm not interested in this at all. But my pure pride of not wanting a load of people who were doing the degree, who didn't even know me, to think, oh, this guy's given up. Even though they didn't know me, I'd have been there for a week, I'd have left, and they wouldn't have even remembered who I was. But I stuck a three-year degree out just because I didn't want people who don't know me to think that I was a quitter. And looking back with, you know, if you could have given me those three years back and put them into my disruptive enterprise um, or into my podcast or whatever, then I'd be dangerous and I'd have made a load more money and got more reach and it just would have been better for me. So I shouldn't have done the degree. Um, So I was a bit stubborn, you know, and I think good feedback for myself is if I know it's wrong, don't do it just because I want others to perceive that I'm a quitter. Because sometimes it's good to be a quitter. It takes courage to quit when others might call you a quitter, but it might be the wise thing to do. On the other side, I bought a company called Unlimited Success, bought it for not much money with a decent liability that we delivered over, the, over two years. Um, and for a few years, it was, a, it was a wrestle. Like if you've ever bought a business and you've got it cheap, you've got it cheap because there were a load of problems and problem after problem after problem after problem and wrestling and juggling with previous owners and contractors and suppliers and staff and it was just way harder than I thought it would be and I had this great vision that we could have e-commerce courses and speaking courses and business courses and personal development courses and it was just just like wading through treacle and I just some of my team members and my business partners were like we should let this go we should let this go this is disrupting our other businesses taking a lot of your time and I was like no I'm not giving up 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 leave me alone I'll do it myself you can duck out of it I'll I'll work 24 hours a day Anyway, we got to the point where I was like, we'd had a couple of partners that had moved on and I was like, ah, I sat down with my business owner, partner and my MD and I said, I think it's time to let this one go. And it took me years to make that decision. They both looked at me and went, no, don't let it go. I believe in you too. It could be huge. Anyway, in the next year, 
we launched the Amazon product and we did five or six million quid. And it was like, it would have been the worst decision ever to uh, quit that one. So there's a couple of instances of, of me nearly making uh, the wrong decision or the right decision on either extreme. What's your blind spot is 1B. So, you know, we all have this sort of blind spot where we can't recognise our own failings. So when you can recognise your own failings, it's no longer a blind spot and it gives you more balanced wisdom about yourself. So my blind spot is maybe caring too much about what other people think or my blind spot is, you know, never giving up to the detriment of, of I should have let some things go. What's your blind spot? When you know that, you can make a more balanced decision if you should keep going or if you should give up. Number two. Is the thing that you're doing, that you're keeping going on or you're considering giving up on, proven? Is it proven to work? Because if it's completely unproven and it's so disruptive that no one ever actually knows if it could work or not and you've given it a good go and you're getting thoughts of should I give up, well, it's going to be a lot harder to succeed than if it's proven. But if you're going into property or a proven business model and you know for decades people have proven that it can work and you've given it a bit of time and you're thinking about if you should give up, well, well you should probably keep going for a bit because it's proven and you're going to get there in the end. If you can follow a system, if you can get a coach or a mentor that can take you down a proven path. So that's the second thing to think about. The third thing to think about is, have you given it enough of a chance here? You have to be honest. A lot of people, they start something six months later, oh, that don't freaking work. Six months later, oh, that don't freaking work. And every time, it's like snakes and ladders. You go up, you get up to number 50 or 60, big snake all the way down to the bottom. And there's snakes up, uh, ladders up, snakes down, ladders up, snakes down, because they're not giving it enough time. You know, you have to, you know, you can't plant a seed and then next day come back and go, well, where's my freaking tree? It doesn't happen like that. So third thing is, haven't you given it enough of a chance? And, you know, it takes time to build a business model. It takes time to make money, but it doesn't take a lifetime. So you've got to think about how long. Now, if you've been giving it years and years and years and years, then you've got to think about some of the other of the 11 tips I'm giving you. So number four, what, how much do you stand to lose? If you don't stand a lot to lose, and if there's not a lot of risk, and, you know, all you're risking is your time, you can probably give it more time and give it more of a chance. But if you stand to risk a hell of a lot of money, a big reputation, you know, your brand, um, a lot of things could break, then you're probably more waiting towards maybe I should let this go. So um, that links to risk as well, which is coming in the next point. How much do you stand to lose? Number five, maybe you've got to the point where it's not about giving up or keeping going, but it's about pivoting. So maybe if you've got into property, you bought a single let or two, then the, the government have changed all the rules and clause this and tax grab that. Uh, maybe you think to yourself, maybe I should pivot into so, uh, service accommodation. Maybe I should pivot into rent to rent. Maybe I should start deal packaging. So in your business, your enterprise, the thing that you're like, do I give up? Do I keep going? You probably could keep going, but pivot into a slightly new model or a slightly better way of doing it. That's definitely worthwhile thinking about. You know, um, could you also, if in this sort of thought about pivoting, could you leverage what you've already done to the pivot? So, like I said, if, you've, if you're into property and you've, you're going into single lets, you know, you've learned about tenancy, management, um, you know, the right area to invest in, etc. Well, you can leverage all of that if you get into serviced accommodation or commercial conversion, because all of that is carryable, forwardable <laughs> into your new model. So, so you've got to this point, you're not sure if it's working. Can you take all the time and energy that you've put into it and still leverage it forward in a slightly different model? And some of the greatest businesses in the world have pivoted. So if you think about uh, Rolls-Royce, it was always just aircraft. And, you know, then they moved into cars. Coca-Cola was medicinal. And then, of course, it moved into refreshments. So this pivot could be great. And then you don't waste everything that you've done. OK, number six, can you negate or reduce the risk? So you want to ideally do that up front if you can. But if you can't, at the point where you're thinking, do I keep going? Do I give up? Can you negate or reduce the risk 
of giving up. If you can, you can keep going probably. If you can't, you might need to consider, okay, maybe it's a time to give up, move on to something else. And then when I move on to the new thing, get the lesson, negate the downside risk. Um, really, if you can get your risk mostly down to just your time, then that's great. Because if you do something and it doesn't quite work, at least you've got the leverage of all the information, the knowledge, the experience and the contacts you built. So it's never a waste of time. Whereas if you stand to risk a load of money and a load of assets and a load of reputation, that obviously, uh, you know, is going to probably force you to need to keep going on it. And sometimes, sometimes it's good to have all those things as accountability because then you won't give up and then you have to keep going and then you do succeed. Okay, number seven, this is really important and I've needed this and I, I, I gave you an experience of where I didn't have it and when I did. Get wise counsel, mentors, you know, um, millionaires, billionaires, experienced business owners, people you trust, people you look up to. You want to get wise counsel and go to them and say, hey, I'm in this quandary. Do I give up? Do I keep going? Uh, and ask for experiences where they felt the same. And did they give up or did they keep going? And, and, you know, maybe they've got this in this instance, they gave up. And in this instance, they, gave, they kept going. Um, now, the, the more wise counsel, counsel you get from people who've experienced it, the probably you're going to be able to borrow the, their lessons and it's probably going to help you make your own decision. And I got really wise counsel when I was about to let go of one of our businesses that in the next year did, I don't know, like I said, five or six million pounds. Good job we didn't. But I didn't have any wise counsel at university other than my own inner voice saying, keep going because I don't want these people who don't even know me to think I'm a quitter. So I didn't have wise counsel. Often you're your own worst wise counsel. If you weren't, you wouldn't be in that void between do I keep, keep going or do I give up? I think the next thing you need to think about, it's actually not on my list of 11 things, so this will end up being 12, is you need to remove your emotion away from the decision. Because sometimes you're, like, if you have, have you ever been in a relationship where you knew you should have ended it, but you kept going for a year or two years or longer? And the reason you did that is maybe because you were worried about, you know, how they may react or the pain of separation or the cost of separation or the fact that you've got kids or what other people might think or you've, all, you've got the same group of friends and it'll be a right mess and all these things. It's funny, I'm getting lots of thumbs up and hearts on that one. Mm. <laughs> Now, um, and then when you look back later, when you did end it, it was messy for a bit. But then when it was over, you thought, oh, I wasted so much time. Someone's just put on um, the message here. Yeah, 17 years, I should have made that decision. Exactly. So what you want to do is not let the emotions cloud the judgment. If you can, you feel all these emotions, oh, I don't want to let people go. I don't want to lose this money. I've got this overhead. I've got this responsibility. What are people going to think about me? Chopping, changing, chopping, changing. Park all that because that clouds the decision. Uh, and then make, try and make uh, a um, lo logical decision rather than an emotional one. Number eight, if you're in the, do I keep going, do I give up? Are the experiences and the challenges you're feeling right now fixable and solvable? Is it transient and momentary or is this long lasting? So if you've got major inherent problems, which probably aren't solvable or fixable, you probably are flogging a dead horse. Whereas if you're just going through this moment where it's a problem which can be fixed, but you're making the problem bigger than it is, you should probably keep going. Number nine is, could you sell the business? Could you hand over the business or the opportunity that you're in? Could you leverage it out? Could you get help? Could you hire someone? So you might be wanting to give up, not because the thing you're doing is wrong, but the way you're doing it is wrong, or you're doing the things in this function that you don't like, that you're not good at because you're a solopreneur or a startup or you're doing it all yourself. So often it's like, not should I give up, but how can I play smarter? How can I leverage? How can I get someone to do this? You know, when you're a startup solopreneur, you're doing the bookkeeping, you know, you're doing the accounting, you're doing the selling, the marketing, the branding and everything else. And you're like, oh, that's too much. The overwhelm makes you feel like maybe you should give up. But the overwhelm isn't the problem. The problem is you need better people to do the design, better people to do the accounting so you can do the sales and marketing, which is what you should be doing. And then if you were doing that, you'd probably be succeeding. Could you sell, hand over, pass on or leverage out? 
the things that are making you think, oh, I want to give up here. Number 10, could you do the same thing a different way? So maybe you're just doing it wrong. And maybe you could do it better or different. Something to think about. Number, I don't know, I've missed the numbers because I added a number, so we're on 11 or 12. I think it's always wise to go back to your why. So when people get to the point, oh, I'm thinking about giving up. Oh, I don't know if I've given it long enough. Oh, is it going to work? Oh, I've got all these fears of overhead, oh, which are all clouding the judgment. Remember why you started it in the first place. Now, if you started in the first place because you've got this burning passion and desire and you want to set up a foundation and you've had really bad things that have happened to you in your life and this is why you want to do it and you know this is who you are, then it's a transient moment in your journey and you want to fight through it. But if you just did it because you got whooped up and emotional and bought a course that actually you've got five other courses you bought, but you haven't really implemented any of them. And, you know, maybe you had the shiny penny syndrome and you got allured and it was um, you just did it because you thought it was a quick win or an easier way. Then maybe that wasn't the right decision. Then maybe you should move on. But then you've got to think about if you've done that the last 10 times, are you just going to repeat that pattern over and over and over again? All right, there's a lot there. There was 11 or 12 things. Let me remind you of what they are when you're thinking about should I keep going or should I give, uh, give up? 1A, what's your bias? What do you tend to do? Give up or keep going? Because you'll have a bias and you've got to try and make yourself unbiased. Number two, what's your blind spot? You know, what can you never see? Mine is the, the stubbornness. Mine is the, you know, I always want to um, not have people think I'm a, a giver, upper or a quitter. And, and that's a bit of a blind spot and a weakness as well as a strength. Uh, number two, is what you're doing proven or is it just really hard and it's never been done before? Number three, have you given it enough time and enough of a chance? Have you planted the seed and expecting the tree the next day or have you nurtured it, fertilised it, flourished it, watered it, given it some sun, given it some love? Okay, number four, how much do you stand to lose? Number five, could you pivot? Could you take all the time and energy and effort and knowledge that you've got and just tweak the model a bit and go sideways and carry forward everything you've got rather than playing snake, uh, ladder snakes, ladder snakes, ladder snakes, ladder snakes? Uh, did I say how much do you stand to lose? If not, how much do you stand to lose? Could you pivot? Yeah, said that. Number six, could you negate or reduce the risk? Number seven, get very wise counsel from people who've been there before. Number eight, are the issues fixable? Number nine, could you sell, hand over, pass on, leverage out or outsource some of the challenges to free yourself to um, remove the friction to be able to move faster towards success? Could you do the same thing a different way? Like 3M that created the accidental post-it note because the piece of paper wouldn't stick properly. Like Coca-Cola who became um, refreshments rather than medicinal. Uh, like Rolex. Uh, Rolex? No. Like uh, Rolls-Royce who went from aircraft to cars. Number 11, go back to your why. Why did you start this? If the reason was pure and the motive was right, carry on. If it was a flippant, transient emotion, maybe it's time to give up. But then don't keep giving up. Hope you found this useful. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Thanks for tuning in live or listening to the audio podcast. I'm really grateful that you're a follower of my work. I'm really grateful when you share your my message to other people. Um, make sure you've gone through all the back catalogue of all the podcasts and listen to them all. I think this will be, I think we're on nearly 160 episodes now. So instead of binge watching The Walking Dead, binge listen to The Disruptive Entrepreneur. And, um, you know, I hope our paths cross. I hope we meet in the future. I hope we're communicating in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community or you're coming to see me speak somewhere soon or you're getting tucked into the books or the audio books. I've just been asked by Samantha, could I post these in writing too, please? Yes, I will convert this into a blog too. Um, uh, I'll probably have a little bullet point list so you can have it saved on your screen and then also a bit of more detail in each section. So thanks for the request. Uh, I'm here to serve you. So anything you want me to record, listen, uh, uh, gob off about, Ask me, I did this um, 
episode because a lot of people are saying to me, do I give up or do I keep going? Uh, and um, if you're reaching out, then my job is to give you what you want. Thanks a lot. This is Rob Moore. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Next time I speak to you, I will be married. And that is an exciting and scary proposition. And don't worry, I will have a shave. Rob again, stay with me here because I've got a gift for you. I get asked for these a lot and I thought, well, I'll, I'll leverage my time and yours and I will put these four things I get asked a lot into a free gift for you. So if you go to tiny.cc forward slash Rob's report, then what I've done is I've written for you an article on the top 21 apps I use to create the mobile lifestyle. I've written an article on the 14, my most favorite educational, inspirational, informative documentaries of the you know, most inspiring people in the world. I've written uh, which ones they are and a synopsis of each one. I'm very well known for having lots of very specific goals, detailed vision values. So I'm sharing with you my particular document I use, I've PDF'd it for you. And also the fastest ways I know to make money for startup and scale up entrepreneurs. So I've written an article and a detailed report on each one. I've put them all into one. And all you have to do is go to tiny.cc forward slash Rob's report. You get those for free. I'll never ask anything from you, spam. I'll never spam you, never sell to you. And then also once a week, I'll send you a new article or a new video content that's a bit different that maybe you wouldn't get normally from the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast. So I hope you find that useful. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.